Kristen Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 61. Yes, and Mr. Ledger is here with us. That's what I was just going to say. Our usual disclaimer. One, we don't have a babysitter today, so all the kids are downstairs, hopefully having some screen time to prevent them from coming up here. But Ledger Man is right here with me, and he is going to make a lot of noises. So uh, I feel like... What I should tell you guys is if you would like us to no longer have these interruptions, go to buymeacoffee.com slash D-Y-G-Y-M and support us. And maybe we can get a babysitter for all these kids. Oh, that'd be awesome. Seriously. www.buymeacoffee slash G-Y-G-Y-M. You literally do that every single episode. You know, honestly. I already said it. Dot com slash G-Y-G-Y-M. There you go. Yeah. Buy us coffee. And thanks to you friends of ours that have already supported us. Yeah, for we real. Very, very grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. So today we're moving in a little bit of a different direction. Right now, I want you to understand that if you're someone who is struggling with consistency in your health, you're feeling yes. less energy. Yes. You're feeling less focus. Mom brain. And you're feeling like you're pretty overwhelmed and consumed with stress. You're literally saying what most of us are feeling. Right. Then this episode's for you. Let's go. Including you, babe. Including me. Like, we're almost going to do a coaching session here with Coach Farrell. Pretty much, because the reality is we have been trying to hit this reset button. And what we did a few weeks ago is we sent out a survey to some people on Facebook. We're like, hey, look, are you feeling exhausted, disorganized, disconnected uh, in every way right now? And people lit it up. And they shared with us some things they were going through. And really what it came down to was, gosh, guys, how do we create consistency as we hit re- reset on our health? How do we gain more energy, gain more focus, and overall uh, create a routine that's going to last? In the midst of what everybody feels like, and I think most of us would describe is a, as a time of a limbo, with everything that's been going on lately, I know so many people's lives have been tipped upside down with school and work and working from home or working, not working from school, schooling from home. You know what I mean? So many of us are in limbo wondering, well, okay, how do I get into a new routine or how do I start a routine when I'm not sure what tomorrow looks like? I'm not sure what school's going to look like. I'm not sure when I'm going to go back to work is working from home. My new normal, it all feels chaotic and it all feels like it's challenging to schedule anything when you're in limbo. Right. And I think it also becomes, you know, here comes point Chris, guys. I think it also becomes an excuse for a lot of us. Oh, because totally. I remember when we when we decided to move, we moved from a townhouse into the home we're in now. And when we decided to move, I just remember it was like two months before we moved and two months after we moved. We just kept telling ourselves, oh, well, when, when we, we move, get settled, we'll be we, fine. Yeah. Right. Then, then we got in the house and then Right. It was when we get settled, when this, when that. And ultimately, it's the Monday mentality. Exactly. It just ends up fleeing us completely. I think a lot of people will uh, identify with the Monday mentality. If you want to tell them what genius coach Chris extracted from me one time when we were doing like a mini coaching session. Oh, that's right. We were we were just trying to figure out kind of what what was the thing that was holding Jonna back. And when we were when we were unpeeling some layers, we realized that something that was just kind of carried throughout her childhood was through her parents, through her family, everybody was, was, Oh yeah, I'll start on Monday. Yeah. The, the speaking it saying I'll start on Monday or like literally feeling like you can't do healthy things on the weekend or on a holiday. Even, even today I struggled yesterday was labor day and we celebrated and I still struggle with feeling like I can have my normal 
like eating habits or working out or whatever I would normally do on like a healthy day on the weekends and on holidays, like totally ingrained in me. Like, nope, you start diet plans on Monday. And if you don't start on Monday, you got to wait till next Monday or after vacation or, you know. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people are, a lot of people let the Monday bug bite them and including myself. Uh, this has been something I've struggled with and probably for like what, seven years. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Are you trying to say that I did that to you? I mean, I was trying to say we've been married for seven years. Right. I've maybe done that for seven years. So, Hey, you, you never know. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I'm kidding. All right. So anyway, point is here, guys, I want you to realize something very important. And that is that if you're trying to create consistency in your health, if you are, if you are really desiring to turn that wheel back the other direction, first you got to stop it and begin to turn it the other direction. But what I want you to realize is it all comes down to an individualized approach. Okay. I'm sure many of you have probably seen, you know, different health strategies that say, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to get a membership at a gym and I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to just get after it and kill it. And here I go. On Monday. Exactly. <laughs> because I'm motivated. Many people, many people have, have, have somewhat fallen into this trap of like, oh my gosh, well I'm committed and I'm motivated and here I go. And so what I'm here to tell you right now, as, as a guy who's been coaching people for over 10 years, I'm here to tell you it all comes about down to your individual reality right? What is your current reality? And I have six different areas I'm going to break down for you uh, to help you discover that. Jeez, Ledger. It's a manly burp. That is a manly burp. <laughs> um, that, that threw me off. Yes. So what I like about this is I am a person who's so guilty of being on the wagon and being all in and being hardcore. I'm going to work out this many days a week and I'm going to do this diet plan and I'm going to follow it to a T and then something derails me like a bad weekend or something and I'm off and I can't get back to it and I make excuses and I, I try to do what just anything I find like the diet plan that so-and-so Becky, I don't know why Becky, Becky, somebody, no, just saying like going with your approach is there's so many diet plans, exercise plans, things out there that are just like, this is the one for you, and, right. but they're not customized at all. They don't take right. into account that, you know, we have a newborn or he's actually not newborn anymore um, for kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Sure. And so I think the, that is what I want to help you guys solve today. So with, with these six steps we're about to go through, it's going to help you understand your individual situation a lot better. Uh, and these, these are literally the questions where when I bring on a client and I say, okay, I'm, I'm going to learn everything I can about them. These are the questions I ask them. And these are, these are the ways I'm able to build out the right strategy for them. So I was like, man, why am I not just like helping people understand what they need to ask themselves? Uh, so if they can do this, they can get started. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So step number one. Okay. This is very critical. So many people will reach out and if they, if they fill out like a, a personal coaching application or something, almost everybody will say, I just need accountability. Okay. So what I want you to understand is we're all motivated in different ways. And so uh, actually Gretchen Rubin has a book called better than before. I love Gretchen. Rubin. Yeah. She's awesome. And it, it's just a really interesting twist on habits and understanding people. And so something I want to uh, I want to share with you guys is that there are four different tendencies that Gretchen Rubin talks about. And I want to you know, just quickly skim over these and ask you to listen to these and figure out which one are tendencies you. Tendencies for what? 
tendency, like almost like almost like personality traits. Okay. All right. So number one, the upholder. The upholder is somebody that does what others expect of them and what they expect from themselves. So what what is you said that's like a very type A. Yeah. So this is like a very like like you said, very very type A, very structured. Like, look, I don't necessarily need other people to motivate me, but like I, I can motivate myself on my own. I just need, I need the blueprint. Okay. So, so for instance, an upholder that would come to me, I'd say, okay, cool. You are, here's, here's your blueprint based on what we know about you and you just have to follow it. And they do not have a difficult time following things. Once they fit into their routine, it becomes just like totally ingrained. And these are usually people that are very self-motivated, uh, and they they get it done. It'd be nice to be an upholder, but I'm not. <laughs> usually at the expense of, uh, but usually an upholder will be someone who is like, who is, who is going to get their routine in no matter what. So for instance. Not many mothers then are probably <sighs> upholders. Well, they might have tendencies to be upholders and they might actually, and this is where we go really deep, and they might actually be taking it out on their on their kids or their relationships or their spouses because they can't be an upholder mm. uh, as a mother. Usually, it's very very difficult unless you have a work schedule that allows you to wake up early or stay late or whatever. Yeah, that's good. The next one is a questioner. I do what I think is best according to my judgment. If it doesn't make sense, I won't do it. But y'all can guess what Chris is. <laughs> A questioner, dude. This is me, guys. This is this is the reason that I have built. I have I've built a coaching business that is like so opposite of what mainstream. the mainstream information will tell you. It's because when I realize things don't work, I'm like, well, wait a second. Why did I even believe this in the first place? And so I have to understand the why. I have to understand the science. You can't just tell me, hey, do this. You have to tell me why. And there has to be evidence backing up why this makes sense. And once I try it, it has to make sense for me. True. So so those of you who are who are questioners, who, who don't necessarily take everything uh, I guess I'd say at face value, mm-hmm. you are, you're like, eh, okay, interesting concept. Let me look into this on my own. You're somebody who, if you're starting a, a fitness routine or you're starting a health strategy, you need to really be invested in what you're doing. So if someone says, Hey, you're, you're going to do a ketogenic diet, right? You need to know everything about the ketogenic diet. You need to look it up. You need to research it. You need to figure out um, how you can defend doing that to others. Uh, you need to believe in what you're doing. Uh, otherwise, you are not going to uh, create a consistent routine within it. Oh, bless you. Ledger, okay, bless your you. interruptions are too much. Buymecoffee.com slash <laughs> 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 um, The next one, the next type is a, a, an obliger. I do what I have to do. I don't want to let others down, but I may let myself down. This is my wife. I am. I oblige. She she is an <laughs> obliger. And listen, these are usually people who put so much into others. They fill everyone else's cup up first and they forget about their own. And look, we, we preach this on our show. If you guys have been listening long enough, you know we talk about, look, you can't pour from an empty cup. But this is something that is John's biggest challenge is one, she beats herself up like crazy for not getting the things done she needs to get done. Um, and she wonders why. And the reason is, guys, is because if you're an obliger, you are externally motivated. Okay. So if you're someone who is typically 
typically this is someone who is uh, who is an extrovert, who is who is like who loves people and serves people and is just uh, really probably one of the best um, tendencies to have. I mean, seriously. Well, yeah, and except yeah. for when it's at your own expense. I was just going to say a little story that I just thought of is when Chris was training physically at the gyms, I would go to his boot camps and I would perform so hard it. because that just made me think of that. I guess I was externally motivated by wanting you to be proud of me and the mm-hmm. other people in the class to see like, yeah, the trainer's wife, she's, she's fit, she's strong, she, yeah. can, she can keep up. But now... I, if I work out by myself, I don't push myself like that, like I exactly. would in a group fitness class. So if you're an obliger, you probably do better with that kind of accountability. If, if you're an obliger, absolutely. You do better with some form of accountability. So most obligers will try to will try to link up with friends. Usually doesn't work out very well because usually obligers tr- attract obligers. And, um, and typically, t- well, you would think it sounds like a good thing to have two obligers counting on each other, uh, but typically friends working out together don't work out. I would definitely consider trying it, of course, uh, but it usually doesn't work because they they almost get kind of get kind of burnt out from the process, and they're not really like obligers are more focused on okay, what can I do for my family, and what can I do for for the people closest to me, and so if it doesn't kind of align with that, uh, it's usually pretty tough for them. Kristen, if you're listening, you don't even have to take the quiz. You are absolutely an obliger. <laughs> Which, by the way, there is a quiz that we can link in the show notes yes. for Gretchen's um, to, to figure out what your tendency is if you can't quite pick it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's the last one, the rebel. I do what I want in my own way. If you try to make me do something, even if I try to make myself do something, I'm less likely to do it. This is a misfit, guys. Um, <laughs> so... When it comes to the rebels, I've worked with so many rebels, uh, and unfortunately, they're some of the most difficult people to work with because they let everything get in their path. Uh, they are their own worst enemy, and I wish I could say good things about rebels, but when it comes to coaching them, they've been the hardest to coach. So I think my best advice to a rebel would be question things to a certain extent, but have self-awareness enough to know that whatever you're not an expert in, it's okay. Because the reality is we're all ignorant in something. We're all ignorant in something. So it's okay to be ignorant about, you know, fitness or health or whatever. So, you know, trust, trust the experts, trust the people. uh, And so maybe if you're a rebel, try to go over more to being a questioner. Yeah. Try. Yeah. Because I would say that's a fine line because you are rebellious in ways. I'm rebellious in ways, but I will not. I will not go out of my way to not do. But you're something. very teachable, so yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I'm teachable when it makes sense. So if you come to me with practical rationale, like, "Hey, Chris, it makes no sense that, pe-, like, for instance, the, the way I coach, it makes no sense that busy parents are are cutting calories and exhausting themselves in the gym and all that stuff." I had people do it for years, and now I'm like, "Well, wait a second. This isn't for everybody. It could work for people, but..." Let's identify where they're at, which leads me to the next piece of the puzzle. And that is step number two. Step number two, you got to look at what season you're in. I kind of touched on this earlier, but the season that you're in really matters to your routine and your success. Because like I kind of said earlier, you, I have four small kids. I can't have the same routine as my 25 year old friend with no kids who, you know, 
works as a teacher because our schedules and our seasons and our lives are totally different. So you got to look at what season. Yeah. Well, so here's, here's what's important. So if I'm bringing somebody on, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, okay, are they pre-kids? Are they in the trenches of kids? Are they post-kids? Because let's just take a nutrition strategy, for instance. Everyone's like, okay, where do I start nutritionally, Chris? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. If you are post-kids and you know, you're an empty nester, you have every reason in the world to build a bulletproof routine, which include very, very minimal um, distractions and roadblocks. And you can do you know, the perfect ketogenic diet. You can count the perfect macros. You can, you can count calories if you want to. It's not necessary, uh, but you can count calories if you want to. You can create really strong, uh, really strong fitness routines uh, because you don't have a lot of external things in your way typically. If you're somebody who has kids though, Johnny can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, obviously it also depends on if you're in the trenches of toddlerhood or like teenagers. But I would say one of the hardest things with that season of being with children, young children or teens even, but is your nutrition strategy has to include your family. Exactly. It's so unrealistic to do long-term what I know some diet culture, people, fitness coaches will tell you, which is, you know, prepare a separate meal for yourself and your husband and right. that's fitting your macros. And when you go places, make sure you pack your food and take a scale with you and all these things that are just not realistic when you're having to also feed exactly children. So you have to be exactly. able to be flexible and create a routine that involves cooking food that everybody will eat. And yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, depending on where you are, and again, there's so many variables that come into play so here, guys, variables. but depending on where you are, if you have, let's say you have, uh, 20 pounds to lose before you feel like you're really, um, living in your best physical body. Well, you don't have to be as incredibly strict as someone who has, let's say, 40, 50 plus pounds to lose. And the reason is, is because your body is going to be able to handle some of those, some, some of those variances and like, okay, cool, we are going to have to um, live semi-strict in a certain way, but we still have to live because we're we in a specific season. Now, the more difficult um, person in the season of in the trenches of kids is someone who has life-changing amounts of weight to lose or or has to transform their body in a way that look like this is literally do or die eventually because there are a lot of risks at play. Now you have to live a little bit of a different life. But if you're someone who needs to lose 10 pounds and or 20 pounds and you think you have to, you know, absolutely change every routine in your life, that's not the case. And I I know it sounds kind of uh, unfair. And it kind of is, but the reality is everybody has a different, a different, everyone's in a different well, yeah, season, have different, different circumstances. And different goals and different needs. There's a big difference between the person who cosmetically just needs to or wants to lose 20 pounds to look and feel better and the person who has to lose weight for health reasons. There's a big difference in that. Big difference. And then there's a hundred other variables. So that's why oh, there's so this many. Whole so many other variables. I'm trying to keep things simple for you guys. So for instance, we would talk about, we would talk about, okay, cool. So let's take the person who needs to lose life-changing amounts of weight, right? What I'm not sharing with you is now we have to break into, we, we have to break into, you know, every little nuance in their life. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go through a broad version of that as we continue through these steps. Uh, but there's every little nuance 
in order to create the routine that works for them and their family. But what I want to stress, if you've gotten anything out of this episode so far, you have to understand if someone's trying to systematize, um, like, well, if someone's trying to go the reverse of customization for you and your family and you're in a busy season of your life, uh, you're going to be that's not going to be a good strategy for you. I he can tell you with full confidence if you are if you are in need of getting your health strategy together and you're a busy parent, and you have a ton of variables at play, just joining a gym and doing some personal training or group exercise and stuff is not going to last for step number three. I was going to say that's a perfect segue perfect into segue. step number three, which is assessing what's your physical stress like. Yes. Now, let me touch on this super quick, okay? So something I want you guys to understand is that some people have asked me before, hey, Chris, where do you start with people? Well, I literally want them to be so self-aware to understand, like, if there are, I like to put it this way. So so if there's one domino that's going to knock every other domino down, what is it? And the answer is, guys, it's stress. And it comes in all different forms. And we're going to kind of go through those a little bit. But this initial phase is what stress is this person under? Because stress is just the reaction to change in the body, whether it's good stress, bad stress, whatever. There are effects in the body that have to be addressed. So physical stress is a big one to start with. I just think that I want you to touch on that for a second because that's something that not everybody actually knows. Like, like I think the word stress gets thrown around so much like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm stressed at work. My kids are stressing me out. Like stress actually has physical. Physical, but yes, physical harmful effects. Like, yeah, like I, that's not something I always knew. Are you, are you insinuating I should get a little nerdy right now? No, I don't want you to get too nerdy. I want you to just tell me, like, I just think it's important for the person listening to know yeah. if you don't know already that stress is more than just a word to be tossed around. It, it yes. literally affects the inside of your body, your brain, your Correct. organs, your everything. And I did not know. Correct. That. Well, so a term people might be familiar with is inflammation, right? People have heard of inflammation in various different ways. Stress causes inflammation, right? And when the body is over inflamed in any one way, you get issues, okay? You get a lot of health problems. And these health problems are exacerbated by further stressing ourselves, right? So so stress is broken down into a lot of different categories. I'll give you an example. So physical stress. I had a client come to me one time. She was she's working out five, six days a week in the gym, you know, just absolutely torching herself with these workouts. She had four kids at home. And she couldn't lose a single pound. And I was like, okay, well, let's kind of assess where you're at. And after assessing where we were, I was like, okay, we need to dump straight into stress because she was under a lot of stress. And so uh, to make a long story short, basically what I did with her, I'll literally give you the keys to the castle here, was I toned her exercise back, realizing how much stress she was under after all my questions. I toned her exercise back, right? I actually increased the amount of food she was eating. And she lost like 15, 16 pounds in a matter of, I think it was like four, four or five weeks or something like that. And she, it was a huge transformation. Which makes no sense right. to most of us. Like it literally, even still, I know what you do and I'm still sitting here like, well, well, cause go ahead. Well, I'm just, it's, we're so used to mainstream diet and fitness culture. Like we're so used to, like, it's been ingrained in our mind, like calories in calories out. 
you know, all that stuff. Like even the other day, Chris is trying to give me a workout to ease back oh. into working out post baby. And it's so hard for me to maybe just because you're my husband. Maybe I am a little bit of a rebel when it comes to you because it's With so me, hard yeah. to listen and undo what we've always known. It, like I'm sure that that was so hard for your client to decrease what she was doing and really think that it was going to work. Well, so so, something I do with my people, I'll give you guys a little acronym that I, I made up. So basically I use a principle called MET, M-E-T, and it stands for mirroring exercise. The E stands for exercise and the T stands for training. And I break it all down for people based on how hard they are exercising or, or mirroring exercise or training. And so I'm not the like, hey, go three sets of 10 reps guy. I'm the like, hey, based on your stress and where we're at and all of the, uh, all of the, um, all of the answers we've come up with um, based on where you're at, now we understand, cool, you should be mirroring exercise, you know, maybe three times a week, which would be things like, uh, like stretching, uh, which would, which would be things like potentially, well, so light yoga would, would be the exercise part, but but if you did like stretching or mobility or like foam rolling and stuff, I, that might be foreign to some people. Chiropractic. Um, well, um, most most of the stuff is going to is going to alter your body in a way that would mirror exercise. So, for instance, um, if you if you get a massage, right? If you get a massage, it's going to uh, cause like oh, I'm getting a little nerdy. I know. I'm, Increased I'm, core temperature in your body, all that stuff. Um, if you are getting in a hot tub, a sauna, steam room, stuff. like and then exercise would be um, like swimming, things like swimming, which could be like lighter or harder. And then training would be where you're pushing yourself to the brink of like, look, I'm between like at least a seven, eight, nine, or 10 on a 10 point scale of how hard the movement I'm doing. But everything is based around um, their stress. I was going to say, so what Chris is saying is he gives his clients a stress test, basically he goes to this quiz, right. see how stressed they are. And the whole point is somebody who is overly stressed or maybe has a lot of inflammation in their body probably has some health issues and they can't just go out there and do a bunch of training days just because there's a gnat flying all <laughs> in my face right now. Um, just because that's what the 25 year old fitness coach said, here's what you're right. supposed to do because it's adding more stress. Exercise, physical exercise is more yes. stress yeah. to your body. Yeah. So a very simple equation is this stress plus stress equals what? Stress. Yeah. I was <laughs> never good at math, but pretty, I was like that. I was ready for that It's pretty wild, one. right? And some people will be like, well, exercise decreases stress. Yes, it does. But you have to do it at the right, at the right amount. Because if you're over-exercising your body, you're fatiguing yourself. If you're if you're overdoing the coffee, if you're if you're overdoing the coffee, you're overly stressed physically. You have a lot of things going on, and then you're just killing yourself in the gym. You have to understand how you have to understand the effects on your body. Okay, you know what I just heard? I heard that hear? all of us moms just have to get massages and nights in the hot tub and stuff because we're overly stressed and we're probably overdoing the coffee. And therefore, we should not go do a bunch of hard exercise. We should just get massages yeah, and well, get let, hot tubs. Let's see. I had three clients who lost between 9 and 11 pounds in the first three weeks from just mirroring exercise. That's crazy. So I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. Chris is a magic maker. Well, all I'm saying is you have to understand the human body and you have to understand how it works. And you can't necessarily think for a second that, that you know, a concept such as simple as calories is how our body speaks. And you can't. Think to yourself that, oh, well, 10 reps, cool. I'm going to squat 10 times. And well, 
I got news for you. Squats 10, squatting 10 times, sorry, squatting 10 times does not know what type of stress you're under. Squatting 10 times doesn't know, you know, the emotional stress you're under, digestive stress, anything like that. And that's what we're going to move into. Uh, well, actually, I'll tell you real quick on the physical stress part. So referring to Jana. So Jana just had ledger and she's trying to get back into exercise and she was so used to like just crushing herself whenever she exercised she's like i'm gonna go on a run i'm like okay listen we're literally gonna do like a six minute run i'm, I'm gonna do like 30 seconds of running uh what did we yeah, do yeah you had me do 30 seconds of running and 15 seconds yeah, off 30 seconds of running 15 seconds off right we're just gonna go for six minutes and she's like oh no no no! i want to do more and sure enough she <laughs> did more so than she should undo that thinking she did more than she should and she was sore for a couple of days and it killed her routine she didn't understand what i was getting at like yeah you can physically do more but your body might be like whoa 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 whoa, hang on like we're not driving a formula race car here like we're we're just driving on the highway in a, a minivan, right? But yeah that's accurate but so <laughs> since this is a serious episode i want to add a little funny real fast how jerky this made Chris look oh because uh, Lola, our five-year-old, was riding her bike and I was pushing our triple jogging stroller. And so I was doing the intervals with the stroller and Chris is walking behind me yelling, go. I was in my stop, Under Armour flip-flops. Go, I couldn't stop. run with her. Yeah. I know, which I asked him to do it, but our neighbors were like, uh, shouldn't you be running with her? And I'm pretty sure it just looked like you were like my hardcore Definitely looked like I was training husband. It's like, Go get that baby weight off. Right. Yes. Well, it is what it is. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, guys, we have to factor in physical stress, including injuries and all those things too. Uh, those are just some things you have to understand that affect your body. Next. Step number four, then you got to look into what your emotional stress is like. This is huge. For me. This is huge for everybody, right? Um, so... Ask yourself questions like, look, what's my relationship been like with exercise in the past? Do I love it? Do I hate it? Do I kind of like it? Uh, I, I mean, like, where am I at with this? Because I'll give you guys a tip here, right? You have to understand if you are doing something just to do it and just to check the box and you don't love it, there are two things that have to be very, very, very true to build a consistent habit. There are four things, but these two things are incredibly important. One, it has to be incredibly attractive to you, and then it has to be satisfying. So the difference there is attractive is like, oh, I want to do this, and satisfying is I feel better having done this than I would if I didn't. So those two things are really critical to understand. From an emotional stress perspective, you have to understand what your relationship with exercise is. You have to understand um, whatever emotional stress is going on in your life is actually elevating stress in your body in the same way that too much physical stress would. So I hear one of us moms saying, but listen, I'm under a ton of emotional stress at home with the kids, but I feel better when I go on a run or I push myself like that. So like, yeah, well, sorry. I looked down at my phone for a second and I wasn't listening. You got to repeat I could that. tell. I can <laughs> always, can you guys tell, I know I'm you sorry. can't answer me right now, but I can always tell when Chris is just like, zoned out like shaking his head I, I was just saying i so i'm under a ton of emotional stress at home with four kids but i feel better still when i go and work out even though you're saying well now you're gonna make me get nerdy the reason don't get nerdy just okay so after terms. you exercise when you feel great the reason is, is because your body's yeah the endorphins release right endorphins release 
to lower cortisol in your body. Cortisol is like the main stress hormone, right? So endorphins release and the whole purpose is to lower cortisol levels. So if your cortisol levels are high and you exercise, you're going to feel good because they because your cortisol increases when you exercise and then it's supposed to lower with the endorphin. So yeah, it makes you feel good, but you have to do it in a way like, for instance, I'll go back to your story, Jonna. So the reason you couldn't exercise and do a six minute run every day of the week, which would build some evidence for your brain to say, I'm back in the swing of things is because you did 14 minutes day one instead of 12 and you were sore for two days. I was trying to get you moving so you could feel good to move again tomorrow and the next day and the I next did, day. I did do it the next day. You did, but you ended up doing it like three times instead yeah. of instead of you could have done it five or six times, uh, which it wasn't about what was happening. Like I wasn't trying to get you get your body to adapt and say like, oh, we're getting results. I was trying to get your brain in the swing of things to say, oh, I'm I'm casting a vote for healthy Jonna. Yeah, because they're so disconnected right now. And I think all of us moms out there I'm sure somebody else has experienced this where my brain does not realize that I cannot physically do what I did before I got pregnant or even during pregnancy. And, and then during pregnancy, I gave in to, you know, cravings and lifestyle was completely different. So like my brain and my body are completely disconnected on what they want and know how to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, the most important thing from an emotional stress perspective for you to understand is you have to understand your relationship with the things you're trying to do. You have to understand your relationship with food. If you are changing your diet, what's your relationship with food? You have to understand if you are starting to move, what's your relationship with exercise? Um, I, I had a client one time um, who I, I put the treadmill on her plan. And I didn't realize it, but she kept skipping it or, or like really dreading, dreading the gym. And I was like, what is wrong? So after digging a little bit, I found out that something had happened when she was younger, where she was forced to be on a treadmill at, you know, a certain incline and a certain speed every single day while her dad watched her do this and basically was like body shaming her. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I had no that so traumatic. Idea. And then you were trying to get her to do it. Exactly. And I'm sure it triggered a lot of exactly. bad memories. But that conversation turned into figuring out like how to avoid the treadmill and how to associate exercise in a better way. And like that creates a long-term strategy for somebody. It doesn't work overnight, but it creates a long-term strategy for somebody to be able to change their associations with exercise and just understand where they are. Some people it's deep like that, some people it's not. Um, but overall, your emotional stress is incredibly important to understand where you're at. Well, I think that's what's so important about the idea behind having a coach is just unlocking that one thing for somebody could make all the difference in how they view exercise. Like that's something that she might have had locked away. She didn't even think about being the reason why she has trouble with exercise. You know, that's what's so different and unique about an individualized plan compared to just somebody throwing her, Hey, get on the treadmill. You have to do this. Why aren't you doing this? You just need to suck it up and do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot, a lot of things I did the, yeah, no Ohio thing. Didn't yeah, I? You yeah. Did. Yeah. No, um, yeah, a, lo- no, a yeah. lot of things, a lot of things are brought to the service for people that they don't, that they don't realize, um, because they always look to exercises. Oh, this is just something I do or what I'm supposed to do or, you know, a certain way to eat. This is just what I do when I'm and what I'm supposed to do. There's so much more behind it. I think the most important thing that I I 
want to impart on anybody listening is you have to realize the sets and the reps and the checked boxes have no idea what's happening in your life. And so as a busy parent, which many of you who listen are, uh, as a busy parent, if you're creating a strategy, you've got to, I guess we'll do a quick recap. You've got to focus on your physical stress, which also includes your sleep, which I get way nerdy on, but we won't do that right now. You have to be focusing on your emotional stress. Um, I, I did it in the wrong order. So season, yeah. season of life first, understanding where you're at, right? What age your kids are, all that stuff. What's going to work for you in this season? Because you won't build a routine that works long, long, long term because you're going to change seasons, right? Then you have to move into understanding um, your your stress levels. You and Physically. Oh, sorry. Physically, physically, emotionally. And now we'll move into uh, digestive. Well, yep, there it is. Step number four is what's your digestive stress like? Now, what does this mean, nerdy Chris Farrell? Dude, I'm going to be as unnerdy as possible here. Gosh, this is going to be hard. Okay, so basically it's like this. Your body does not crave bad things if you don't put bad things in it. But here's the idea, right? We have all of these, all of these, um, I'm not, I, I, Wait, should, I shouldn't use the word, what? Well, I'll say while you're think of that and I'll give like a super easy example. If you ever done like a cleanse or a diet and you do it and then you try to go back to eating something or drinking something you would have had before and you just, you don't like, you don't have a taste for anymore right. or sweets, you don't crave them anymore. And then you eat fruit and you're like, whoa, this tastes like candy because you did that cleanse or the detox or whatever and yes. cleansed your palate. So yes. That's and my what's really funny. So they they call the gut the second brain because it has it has just as much complexity in the gut as it does the brain. I said that in a very unnerdy way. That was awesome. That's a good job, Chris. Okay. All right. So the idea here, guys, is there's actual bacteria in our gut that grows when we eat things. So we're eating pizza, burgers, hot dogs, all these different things. Well, the hungry. gut the gut grows based on the things we are eating. And whatever it grows, it wants to attract, right? So it keeps wanting those things. So that's why, as I say this, if people are like, oh, he would never want to restrict me from my favorite foods, your gut is telling your brain, we can't not eat those things. We love those things. But like Jonna said, which is a perfect example, you do a cleanse, you do any type of a different routine where you are cleaning your diet up and you stop craving those things automatically because you stopped putting those things in your body. What happens is good bacteria grows. And, and that's why, exactly. And and that's why when you eat good things, your body feels great. And when you eat bad things, your body like wants to throw up. Can I make a point on that real fast? Our bodies as adults are so adaptable. So are our kids. I know all of us really struggle, Not maybe not all of us, but many of us struggle with getting our kids. I mean, it's such a common thing for people to say, oh, my kids don't like vegetables. I mean, if you look at any kid's menu at a restaurant, what's it got on it? The carby, starchy, bland, oh, yeah. chicken nuggets, pizza, macaroni, cheese, those kinds of things are deemed as kids' foods. And we're, we are guilty of this too, but they adapt just like we do. And actually, I would argue sooner. I've they, seen We've seen do. it happen ourselves where we've cleaned up our diets really well. And the first couple of days, our kids are like not interested. And then suddenly... They're asking for fruits and veggies, you know, like they, they right. it, I don't know. I wanted to make that point because I know when you think about, especially us moms, when you're trying to figure out how to get healthy, it's your kids a lot of times hold you back because you're like, oh, yes. well, they're not going to eat that or you're eating their leftovers or you have the snacks in the pantry. So you're picking at those. But I, I mean, it is, it's science that yes. they will, they can 
adapt just their like bodies. We can. Absolutely. You're so right. And I would almost compare it to kind of like if you do like if you do um, sleep training or nap training, right? Yeah. At first it's like dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. At the first. first couple of days are mm-hmm. going to be terrible. It's terrible. But then after that, um, your kid starts to get used to it. And then you, you get this moment where you're like, we did it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and that's what happens with our kids nutrition. Now at our current state, me and Jonna have, have not been like on our particular a game on a consistent basis. And so our kids aren't on their a game, but we do know before we clean up our own diets and say like, we're on the wagon, we're ready to go. We have to make sure the bad stuff isn't in the house. We have to make sure boundaries are, are set with, with, um, you know, Mimi and Papa down the street and all of these, all of these different things, these boundaries have to be set in order for us to start. Cause we realize our kids are an integral piece of the puzzle because when we don't feel like eating well or whatever, um, I mean, it's really easy when you're tired and your kid's like, oh, hey, let's just order pizza, do this. Yeah. Lola's offering up her Disney money on a daily basis, her <laughs> savings bank to order <sighs> pizza. Hilarious. Uh, no, but it's true. It's always easier said than done. But I just wanted to make that point because I know that's something many of us struggle with, but we've we've seen it firsthand. Like they can and will adapt. Yeah. And something else I I really focus on with people from a digestive stress perspective is a lot of people's energy is not good, not only because of what they eat, but because of, uh, but because of how they eat. So like the speed at which they eat. So I, I help people understand kind of like what's happening with the, with the enzymes, digestive enzymes, all that stuff. So people can understand like you can gain more energy eating a specific way, um, eating slower, all that stuff. Uh, I break it down for the questioners, if if you will. But that is incredibly important for people to understand because you have to realize your body uses a lot of energy to, to digest, right? And so if you are, if you're giving it more time to digest, then it's, it doesn't have to work overtime. That, that's something that many of us probably don't think of because I it's know, big. again, as mom, usually I'm eating like, on the go, standing up, rushing around, taking bites, getting up and down. Like I'm usually speed eating. Yes. But now let's go back to seasons, right? Because the reality is when we're, when we're going through these steps, you have to figure out, okay, does this work for this person? Is this miserable? Is this attractive? Is this something that is something that is satisfying for this person? Because if it's not, we nix it, right? Because what works for one person won't work for the other. So for instance, babe, we have four kids, right? Life is a little crazy. If I told you you have to sit down at every single meal and mindfully eat, you'd be like, yeah, go screw yourself, dude. Well, it's just not possible unless I'm (laughs) eating without the kids around. Right. So while the strategy absolutely works, it may not be in your best interest. But that's something I could definitely push upon someone who was either pre-kids or post-kids. And actually, I I had a client who lost a lot of weight by creating mindful eating behind, um, behind her strategy. So... I think that's important, even even if we are in this season, to figure out how to have better habits with mindful eating because I still struggle with looking at food as fuel rather than just like enjoyable, like fun, you know, like cravings and whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully we're not nerding out too bad, guys. I'm trying trying to keep it. You're trying to reel me in a little. I'm trying to reel you in. Well, okay. So let's just really understand this. Opposed to... Uh, opposed to scrolling Facebook and seeing a program or joining a gym and them saying, Hey, just work out really hard and, you know, eat less calories. I want you to understand there's just so much more behind this, not to confuse you, but to help you to realize 
If you're going to create a long-term strategy, you must ask yourself these questions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number five. So number five, you want to ask yourself, what is your schedule like? This kind of goes along with seasons, but obviously your schedule is important to creating a routine. So tell me why. Okay. So for instance, someone might be like, uh, someone might be someone who wakes up at like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. And maybe they're more of a night owl, but they still get up for work. Obviously, they have to. And they're like, you know what? That's it. Only time I have is in the morning and I'm going to do it. Dang it. Right. Well, you're setting yourself up for failure. OK, because you can't take your schedule. You can't take the way your body clock works and just change it over in one night. Right. You have to understand that you are going against the grain of everything you are. And my favorite quote Commitment is doing the thing you said you would do long after the feeling is left. Once the commitment is gone, so is your gym time. I promise you that. So if you're a morning person who's not exercising in the morning on a regular basis and you have time to do that, it's not going to be hard for you to get up and do it. If you're a night owl saying, oh, I should work out in the morning because people said it's better for you and like I feel like I have better, I feel like I'll have more time, don't count on it. <laughs> Well, I'm sure somebody's sitting here thinking like, okay, that makes sense why I've fallen off the wagon when I've been like, all right, no matter what, 5 a.m., five days this week, I'm going to the gym and right. like you're going to bed at midnight. It's just not and trust me, realistic long term. And here, here's the thing that's interesting is the world is created for morning people. And so those of you who are night owls have to realize like it, it's kind of against you. And so as, as much as you might think, you know, I guess I have to join them, uh, not necessarily. You have to do what works for you long term. I've tried my best to create routines for people that weren't morning people. It, it doesn't work. Like it doesn't work. Again, you have to go back to how does my brain associate this? If my brain does not find this attractive or satisfying, I'm not doing it. And from a schedule perspective, also, um, you have to you you have to work in your morning schedule. You have to work in your your work schedule. You have to work in your evening schedule. Like what does life look like right before you go to bed? A couple hours before you go to bed. How does that affect your sleep, your physical stress, all that? I mean, everything ties together. And I know I'm making it sound like a lot maybe, um, but all of these things can tie together. You just have to figure out what are some of the major things you can focus on now that are going to knock down a lot of the other dominoes. All right. And that takes us to number six. This is totally overlooked. And this is purpose, guys. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I have met who are fit, who are wealthy, who have good relationships, but they don't know what their purpose is. They don't they, they don't love their job or they or they feel like they could be making more of a difference. Or, you know, I, I know me and John talk about this all the time very openly. It's okay for a mom to not find her purpose in her kids and understand she had a life before her kids uh, and realize she's not going to be necessarily fulfilled until she scratches that itch a little bit. And I thought you were going to say well, something. Yeah, no, I was just, I, I think I could go off on a tangent on that. I was just going <laughs> to agree that, a lot of society tells us like once you become a mom, that's all you are. You're just a mom. And and like, that's how people look at you when you have kids. Like you no longer have, I'm no longer Jonna, like a person. I'm Jonna, that girl who has four kids, you know, that crazy. Right. So I don't know. I forget where I was going with that except for purpose. purpose. Well, and so you're probably like, okay, how does this relate to my health? Right. 
this relates to your overall just happiness and pizzazz as a human. Okay, so did you say pizzazz? I said pizzazz. Is that okay? Is that eighty? Is that is that a little old? All right, sorry. Anyway, so if you're not living in your purpose, if you're not happy in your daily life, you can be as fit as you want to be. You can have great relationships. You can have all the money in the world, but unfortunately, you're you're still gonna feel like you're missing that piece of the puzzle, right? You're still going to feel like you're missing the piece. And a lot of people kind of bounce around their purpose and they, and they, and they open up new, new cans of things to do. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, But I got to tell you guys from, from experience of coaching people, I can help people get fit. I can help them. I can help them. I can help them. But the thing that has changed the most people's lives is when, is when we actually dive into the side of saying like, Hey, are you happy? Because we, we, we can get you fit, but listen, if you don't have community, if you don't have if you don't have um, if you don't have a job that you love, that you feel like you're making a difference in some way, shape, or form, um, ultimately, like this isn't gonna matter, right? If you don't have a relationship with a higher power, this isn't gonna matter, right? And so um, and so this is a really really big one um, that uh, that I urge you to understand. You cannot skip that step. Well, I think it's important to know that it's so much more than fitness. You, your whole strategy, creating a routine, creating a life that you love is so much more than getting down to a certain size or a certain number on the scale. And I feel like there's a lot of us out there who don't realize. I think there's a lot of people who wait to start living until, until I get that job, until I have a certain amount of money, until I'm married, until I have that um, goal checked off until I'm that goal weight, you know what I mean? And then they get there and it's, you know what I mean? It's anticlimactic because there's more than that. If you don't have a defined purpose for being here and wanting to, to live really, I mean, on the, on the scale side, I've, I've been to the point where right before we got pregnant with Ledger, I had just gotten down to my quote unquote goal weight. I was at my pre-baby weight and I still was like, okay, well, that's, that's great, but I still don't like how I look or I still, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're not happy. Uh, what, what's, yeah. what am I trying to say? What is you, what are you trying to say? Well, let me put it this way, right? It's on this list for a reason, but it's not number one for a reason. And the reason it's not number one is because you have to understand you will you will have a much better uh, a much better shot or opportunity at finding your purpose by feeling better and and actually and actually um, designing your life in a way that that you're, you're you're building the body and the mental health and physical health and all of those things around what you want out of your life and what you want to become. So I always tie that together because. What's the point in being healthy and or or what's the point in me trying to build a business and and get wealthy and make money and stuff like that and all that stuff if I don't have a greater purpose to serve people, to help people? And I think there's a lot of us who have never thought about that before or yeah. or tried to find their purpose. But I would guarantee you, most of you would say, uh, yeah, I'd like to know my purpose. Like I want, I, I want that. I want to live my best life. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. So I had a, well, I have a client, uh, who, who started working with me. Uh, it's actually funny. He, he, he's one, I could not crack the weight loss code with when I had my studio. And then when I changed all of 
all of my principles up to you know defining these very areas. Okay, what season is he in? Understanding how you're motivated, understanding your stress levels and emotional or physical, emotional, digestive, all that stuff, and understanding your purpose. But anyway, your season and your schedule. Anyway, so the point is, the, the point is he was happy. He lost weight. You know, he lost thirty pounds. He did amazing. But the thing he got out of it more than anything is that. And listen, you can't hang out with us, otherwise <laughs> we we uh, sprinkle way too much weird juice. But what he it's realized was itself. he hated, he hated what he was doing for a living. Hated what he was doing for a living. And I was ultimately giving him permission to say like, okay, well, what, what would you want to do? Because the reality is like, man, we live one life. We just live one life. And we're going to have a lot of regrets at the end of this life. And so, okay, cool. You're fit now. You're healthy. You're doing great. You're in an amazing routine. What is it now? And to make a long story short, guys, he has he has moved himself into the fitness world, and he is ready. He's ready for me to help him um, create a fitness business and brand that is going to serve the people that are just like like him. literally quitting the job that he's worked like what twenty years <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> It's it's wild, yeah. But and this happened because thrilled. he coached with you, and when he's coaching with you, like we're saying, you go into so much more than, okay, I'm the trainer, I've got a lot of experience training. Here's your workout, here's your meal plan. It's yeah. so much deeper than that because it's so much more than fitness. It just is. That's why you have well, built your coaching program. That's what I'm saying. That's why you've <laughs> built your coaching program around this because you've already done the here's your meal plan, here's your workout, go get it. I have and I did it for years and and it gets people short term results. So listen, if if you're looking for short term results, follow all of the mainstream steps. Uh, but if you're looking to build a long term routine around these six steps, you have to understand um, that one, it's it's possible. You just have to consider them. Um, so we've shared these six steps with you. Um, Give me a recap, John. Oh, put me on the spot, Chris. The six steps are, we've told you, you got to figure out how you're motivated. And remember, we'll link that Gretchen Rubin quiz to help you figure out which one you are. I'm an obliger. Chris is a questioner. A questioner for sure. Step two, look at the season you're at. What's your current reality? This kind of goes back to one of our early episodes. Like anything else, you have to do a self-assessment before you can, you can't know where you're going without knowing where you're at starting step three what's your physical stress step four what's your emotional stress what season are you in what's your physical emotional digestive stress what's your schedule like and what is your purpose all right guys so at this point in time you've heard six steps that we've shared with you today and look maybe someone out there is like hey this is great dude this is all i needed you got the wheel spinning in my head and now i know how to build a routine and i know the six things i need to focus on that you focus on with your clients and you potentially have hope or maybe you're like a person like me and you're like okay those are cool yeah this might have unlocked something for me or makes me have a different perspective but i could really use somebody to coach me through this and give really just give me the steps i'm overwhelmed tell me what to do to improve myself, to lose weight, to feel better, to have more energy, all these things that I'm hearing you tell me you're going to do for me. Yeah. Heck yeah. So guys, that is where I come in. Okay. So I've been coaching for over a decade. It is no longer, oh, here's your workout. Here's your meal plan. Right. I think we 
laid it on here pretty thick to help you understand like this is this is a customized process and this is very individual individualized to you. I want you to understand that if your problem is a wall, we're going to learn how to go around it, under it, over it, or through it. Okay. There's always a solution. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a fresh perspective. I think that should give you hope if you're person number two looking or either person, I think it should give you hope to, to believe that there is a way to get around your problem. But I know there's so many people like me that have been excited about a new diet plan or a new challenge or a new workout or a new whatever kind of plan that you've looked into because a lot of us have tried it all and then you fall off again. You get on the wagon, you fall off again and you probably feel probably scared to even think that, okay, maybe, maybe there really is something out there that is going to work for me long-term because it hasn't happened yet. I know I feel that way so many times because I think that's what the diet culture sets us up for. It's not setting us up for long-term success, but that's the cool thing about coaching is not only is somebody going to come in and give you a fresh set of eyes and a new perspective and hope it's customized to what's going on in your life, in your season. Like all those questions we talked about, Chris covers those and can really, really give you hope to know that you can have long-term success. You can finally right. be on the wagon and, and, be on the wagon. Right, right. And so specifically, guys, specifically, the way I coach is, look, I want you to get the best possible results without having to exhaust yourself in the gym or count calories or macros. In this stage of life. <laughs> exactly. When when we're breaking down the seasons of life, if you're a busy parent like me and Jana, I know for a fact you can get great results without having to exhaust yourself in the gym or count your calories. But then also on top of that, some some things that are really important for me to cover, and I certainly go into this uh, a lot more on the on the uh, discovery call. But basically, is look, I want to help you reset your mind, your health, and your home. I want I want you to understand how important it is to stop stressing over exercise and actually, and actually, you know, taking control of your stress levels. I want to help you, you know, begin to understand how to actually start losing weight and feeling great and creating, you know, a simplified strategy for your nutrition. I want to help you create a fail-proof routine so you can combat fear into the future of, of you know, the constant negative mind chatter of, oh, well, I'm doing this right now, but I'm I'm really worried it's only going to work for a short period of time. I really want you to understand there's no stone left unturned here. I really I really focus on everything from personality type to purpose all the way through. Uh, we, we cover the whole gamut, and frankly, it's taken me over a decade to be able to put together uh, something this immersive. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what they need to do then, if you're li- like, I mean, if you aren't my husband. I would be sitting here nodding my head like, yeah, I need all of that. Please tell me more. Tell me more. So if you want to know more, you can go to finaltransformation.net slash coaching. And there, what will happen, Chris? They'll fill out an application. Yeah. So you go to finaltransformation.net slash coaching. From there, it'll take you to an application page. You'll fill out a short form. Tell me a little bit about yourself. It'll take you to a calendar Calendly page, which is just a just a calendar. Uh, imagine a that, scheduling right? Scheduling site. <laughs> yeah, and you will schedule a call with me, and yeah. So from then, 
from there, I will break down exactly what you get with the program, all the nuts and bolts, all the good stuff. And, you know, we can both determine if it's a good fit for you. But this is a completely free discovery call uh, just to hop on the call with me and see if it's a good fit and learn a little more about the program. And if it's not a good fit, Chris will tell you. <laughs> you better be careful with that. There have been a few people I have I have told it wasn't a good fit. But truly, I look, this is this is important to me, right? I I I want this to be the right fit for whoever gets in front of me. I want it to be the right fit for you and the right fit for me, because it doesn't help either of us if it's not the right fit. So <laughs> how there, many times do you say comes, the right fit? <laughs> here comes me again as the blunt guy. But truly, guys, that's what's up. This has taken me a decade plus to build just taking the things that work and the things that don't and smacking the mainstream myths in the face. And that's what we do during this program. But ultimately, gosh, I, I really am speaking to the parent who's just like, dude, I'm feeling like I'm at rock bottom right now. I'm feeling like I'm feeling like I am, I'm overwhelmed and everything I try, nothing is working. Well, I want to show you a new opportunity and a different strategy. And I, uh, I'm thrilled to, to uh, have the opportunity to help. So again, if you're loving what you're hearing, finaltransformation.net slash coaching. Ooh, yes, sir. All right. And so as usual, if this episode number 61 brought you some value today, if you went through those six steps and the questions that we asked here and you have a fresh perspective and feel like you can move forward, that's so exciting. And I want you to share that with somebody else who could use that as well. And if you heard this and you're like, yeah, that's great. And now you want to coach with Chris or you know somebody who you're thinking of that would really benefit from coaching with Chris or at least just hopping on a discovery call, go ahead and share this message with them or head on over to finaltransformation.net slash coaching 